is On The Grill, and I'm your host. My name is Paul from Grilling With Coda. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, at Grilling With Coda, to stay dialed in to latest podcast news, and you can check out what I'm grilling up next. Now, I just wanted to welcome you to another episode of On The Grill, but with that quick bite twist. So let's get right into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my next guest. From that bang, bang, flavor gang, Chuck. From at Chuck's Flavor Train. What's going on, Chuck? What's going on, Paul? How you doing, bro? That's a badass intro. Got me feeling real official out here. Man, you got to get hype, man. You're doing good things for the IG. Um, I'm a big fan of yours. You you always give me hype. You, You spread the message well. But not only are you Instagram star at 22K, the main thing I wanted to kind of see here is you are a TikTok superstar at 600K. Um, there was news this week that uh, Mr. Trump has threatened to end TikTok. How do you feel about this, brother? First and foremost, I'm humbled by the kind words. I hate to use the word TikTok superstar because really I just kind of have fun and put my stuff out there and let the kids run with it. But it's really been a blessing. As far as Trump banning it, again, I try not to put too much stock into it. I've been blessed to do what I do, sharing what I share through social media, but I put more time and effort into Instagram. I've been on TikTok for like three months. It just so happened I had a couple of videos go viral and take off. I'd be more heartbroken if they shut down Instagram. So I'm very blessed and privileged, like I said, to do what I do on TikTok. I love it. I'm going to keep pushing that. But if it got shut down, I'm still on Instagram. They both got the same handles. And I would hope that all the people, young and old, black, white, brown, whatever they are, I hope they all come find me. So. That's cool, man. Uh, what was the draw for you to get into TikTok? Uh, there's, it's personally a step I haven't taken. Um, it, I just don't feel like it, it hits my personality. I have nothing to show. I'm more of a behind the scenes. I just kind of, I kind of like to do my thing. But your personality runs right with TikTok. So when I seen that you had 600k, it, it doesn't shock me. Just because you're, you're a colorful guy and you like to have fun, and uh, not only is your food putting smile on people on uh, people's faces, but your personality does does bring this 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 definitely. Uh, this charismatic and it shows who you are. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said that as far as taking the leap. So I got to give shout out and credit to where it's due. And I always say that, but Al Dente Diva, who I'm sure you follow on Instagram and Grork Boys, Matt, they both were on TikTok real early. They shot me DMs like two years ago saying, Hey bro, you got to get on this site. It's the next big thing. And I was kind of skeptical. I get lazy with Instagram as it is. I cater. I have a day job. I got a wife and a kid. So it's hard for me to stay on top of all this, but Long story short, I created the account. I posted a video, didn't pay no attention to it. Uh, Up until like February this year, right when kind of the Corona stuff started happening, I logged on and said, oh my God, that video has like 12,000 views. Excuse me. That's like more than I've ever got on Instagram. So I said, well, that's an old video from Instagram. Let me post another old video, see what happens. Put it up there and it's like, oh my God, I've got 10,000 followers posting old videos, just doing voiceovers, being my dumbass self. And here we are, you know. And so it kind of just fed itself, you know, put up a video, see what the people like. And the more I kind of was myself, the more people responded. And it's kind of been a self-driving machine, if you will. But um, that's where we're at now, like I said, but it hasn't been too much effort up until lately. I feel like now just the swell of questions I get about cooking and what to do and what made you start on this journey and what motivates you, all that. It's just like I'm very blessed people reach out, but it's overwhelming. So I'm really trying to turn it more of into a a business, if that makes sense, or just take it more seriously. Serious, if you will. No, I bet. I mean, at 600K, I mean, I don't know what the inter- interactions at, uh, at 600K on TikTok, even Instagram at 22K that you're at, uh, there's a lot of engagement and a lot of people asking. So it, it can it become, can become uh, consuming. It and 
and like you said, sometimes like you're you're busy and 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 things get carried away. But uh, man, you always bring your A game, whether it's cooking or just uh, sharing a story. Um, do you find yourself going down a rabbit hole on TikTok, just maybe watching some videos? Uh, is there any 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 other uh, TikTok people that you like to watch? Yeah, so I try to avoid the rabbit holes of TikTok, Instagram. I'm bad enough on YouTube where, you know, I watch one video, next thing you know, it's 2 a.m. or whatever, and I'm watching, you know, the same <laughs> thing. You know how it goes. So on TikTok, not really. I don't follow many people. I think I follow 100 people, 110 people. They're all cooking accounts. Um, but, you know, Grork Boys Barbecue, Chef Cuso, Al Dente Diva, Dark Side of the Grill, Bama Grill Master, a lot of the guys that are on Instagram. You know, one, I feel like I like their style. I know them. So it's kind of a comfortable lane for me to be in. But in addition, it's like part of what I do, and I hope people feel the same way, is to bring a light to just the cooking industry and the people that put their heart and soul into it. And I feel like some of those accounts, I got lucky, man, the way the fire took off for me to blow up on TikTok. But there's people that have been grinding way longer than I have, like Al Dente Diva and Group. They put me on this shit. You know what I'm saying? Part of my language. But they put me on to this. So I feel like I owe it to them to follow them, give them love, give them shout outs and bring attention to them. Because if it wasn't for people like that and, you know, people that have been inspiring me and motivating me, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I try to kind of follow that same circle that I've been in, you know, and just try to stay true to my roots. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's a common denominator, I think, with those personalities like yourself, uh, Dark Side of the Grill, uh, mm-hmm. El Dente Diva T. Um, I'm part of the same uh, Reload Run yeah. member. I'm a Reload Run member with her. Um, so uh, she's she's great. But each, like yourself and, and uh, the other uh, members that you named, you guys all have one common denominator. You're, you, you're very entertaining and you know how you know how to engage a person into a cook. And, and that's great. People, people can watch cooking videos or just someone I can find myself watching onion chopping videos uh, just for 30 minutes, just different techniques to chop an onion. And it, it's, it's soothing to me. It's, it's almost like a, a wind down for me. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, uh, people are weird. We got weird ways to, to, <laughs> to cope and, and to not to be able to laugh at, at, at uh, your stories and and I'm sure your TikToks are just as hilarious. Uh, it's great. Yeah, that's kind of one of the things about the TikTok. You're saying how people are weird and everyone kind of finds their niche and their hook. You know, some of my videos. You know, you got and TikTok is funny. Kids crack me up, man. And but you know, you got little 14 year old boys like, dude, you sound like the guy off Gangland or so and so's dad from you know this show, or you sound like somebody that would narrate the Arby's commercial. And then you have other people that say, man, you sound like the Barry White of beef, and you know you're the Robin Thicke of ribs or whatever. So it's like you know just the way they how they latch onto it. But it's the same voice I do in all my videos. Just some people see me more as like a sensual R&B barbecue guy. Some see me as a crazy kind of hardcore in your face Gangland. We've got the meat. So it's just been a, it's a trippy ride. But I've having fun just embracing it all you know and it's like I, I just think it's fun i tell the kids i don't give a damn what you do just whatever you do have fun with it you know and that's what i've been doing so it's been working out absolutely uh, it's i mean it's, it's crazy to think that uh I, mean, I talked to some of the other people on social media and it's like 10 years ago this this wasn't a thing i mean uh and who knew this kind of can turn into a hobby for some of us so yeah. it, it's good in that sense uh i i think a lot of a lot of the younger generation is going to be uh, shocked because TikTok was up and coming. Uh, there was a lot of talk of it, maybe taking the throne from Instagram. Uh, I think the, the world was going to be on tilt again. It, it, this could happen. Uh, I guess we're kind of waiting to see if Microsoft's going to buy TikTok. But there's going to be a lot of hearts broken if TikTok goes away. Yeah, it'll definitely be a turning point. You know, I, I always got to be real and transparent. 
I've been very fortunate enough that just up until recently, like this is a hobby that I've been starting to bring in a little bit of paper from and get a little bit of extra money and nothing crazy here, but stuff I could take my wife to dinner with or, you know, put away for a rainy day or whatever. So in that sense, if TikTok disappears, I'd be disappointed. You know, I mean, money's money. We all got bills, especially given the economy. Any revenue stream is nice. But like I said, you know, I've still got YouTube. I've put more heart and time into Instagram. I have a catering business. So I'm not going to let, you know, a social media app disappearing end my life, you know, and, yeah, and I would absolutely. hope that would be my piece of advice to the youngsters out there, you know. It's cool. It's fun, but it's not everything. You know, put your time into real relationships, build them real bonds and join real things. And it doesn't matter what the platform is. You have that opportunity and those options will be out there. It, absolutely. And you said it well. I mean, this is uh, like for me, I, I do have a, a working job and uh, anything I do on social media is just for the, the fun of it and a exactly. hobby. Um, is Chuck different from Chuck's flavor train? <laughs> So that's a funny question you asked that. I would say that Chuck, so C-Train is the nickname, really. Chuck's Flavor Train is the business. Chuck is the regular guy. And um, as I'm sure you remember, my my handle forever was C-Train 707 before. C-Money, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the old school. Those who know, know. So, um, and that really started playing football. I was C-Train. I was a big dude, so I was kind of slow to get moving. But once I did, you didn't want to be on the tracks when the train was coming through. From there, once I started rapping, it was like, well, they already call me C-Train, so I just kind of went with that as a rap name, you know, back in the day, growing up in the Bay Area, Mac Dre and all that, everyone wanted to rap out here, and I tried to do the same thing. Um, so that's kind of where the nickname stuck from. But yeah, C-Train is kind of a loud, in-your-face, Bay Area. I mean, the Bay Area, we got swag, just like LA's got their own kind of culture. C-Train is that Bay Area swagger, so it's me on level 10. And I would say Chuck's Flavor Train is just the business side embodiment of that with a little educational twist. You know, I do love to have fun. I like to drink. You know, I like to eat a bunch of food. I'm a fat dude. I don't I don't downplay that. I got no shame in my, you know, habits and addictions and afflictions. Um, so, yeah, I would say there's kind of it's like a wrestling persona. You know, Chuck is the real man. And I've met people before, you know, and they will say, oh, man, you're kind of more quiet than I thought or you're a little more reserved or laid back. And. I think that's one of the things about, as you know, when you get to meet people in the barbecue community and hang out, you really find that, man, it's we all kind of just click. We all kind of like to drink beer, keep it kind of laid back, mellow, and just eat good food with good people, you know, and that's really who I am. That's Chuck. So when you see C-Train, it's like, damn, he's been drinking four locos and taking shots of vodka all day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, you get that, you guys, you got the, you got this thing going with your homies where you cheers everybody. And like you said, you get down on four locos and that stuff is harsh. So, I mean. Uh, you can tell sometimes you, you guys get a little, you might be a, little, a few beers in and, but it's all in good fun. And like I said, that's where the roots of, of barbecue came from. And, and it's just being, uh, in the backyard chilling either for family or friends. And it's that real laid back, uh, vibe. And, and that's what it's all, whether you're, you're NorCal or, or SoCal like myself, I mean, it's all about just chilling, growing. Exactly. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned the cheers that I'll say. What's weird is me, I just started posting those out of fun, kind of bullshitting around drunk one night, like, hey, yo, I'm sitting here, my wife's watching TV, I'm acting the donkey over here, let me give some of the homies a shout out, and they kind of reposted, 
And I will say it's kind of a beautiful thing just to see how many people now will give you a cheers or give you a shout out. Maybe they don't do it every night. You know, they're maybe they're not going hard in the paint like me and my barachos. You know what I'm saying? But maybe on a Saturday night out with their wife. Hey, yo, I got a martini tonight and I'm out with my wife. We're having a steak. I'm pinky popping cheers C train. That's the type of shit that for real, I'll tell my wife, it touches me in my heart. It's like they're out. They're having fun. They're thinking I'm living my best life. You know who this reminds me of? Chuck. Or you know who encouraged me to have fun or do some some dumb type of happy just live your best life so i'm honored anytime someone gives me a cheers i don't even care if it's alcohol in there if you're just toasting to live in your best life that's what it's about so but i will say it's very cool to see everyone that's kind of embraced it and i didn't start that um, i don't know who did but i'm sure people have been posting it before me but i will say to everybody after that is cheers and man cheers to all you guys and keep it going yeah that's what's up if you want go ahead and tag uh chuck's flavor train get on that cheers list it's big it's fun it's great uh would is Chuck? Would you be a, a fan of Chuck's Flavor Train? I would is hope so. Not- you know, um, I, I I would hope so. If if I wouldn't be a fan of Chuck's Flavor Train, that'd be kind of some hypocritical type stuff. But I would say I'd be a fan of myself because of this. The people that I tend to be drawn to, whether regardless of political affiliation, skin color, what they do, whether it's a food page, a music page. I like real people, unique personalities that are sharing themselves and living their lives, you know, and that's what I'm drawn to. And I like to think that's what I'm doing. I mean, that's what I am doing. I know it. You know, I don't try to BS. I'm I'm not a famous celebrity out here. You know, I just got a truck last year. And before that, I post my big ass getting in my little Toyota Corolla loading up three Cambros going to cater saying, look, folks, I'm not rich despite the following and what you think and all the, all the you know, nice stuff I eat. I'm just a dude out here struggling, living my dream, you know, so I don't ever want to fake the funk, you know, so. Um, but yeah, so I think just be on my honesty, I would be a fan of myself alone. Not to mention, I think I put out some dope ass food and I like to have fun. So absolutely. It's easy to be a fan of you and, and 22 K is not, not easy by any stretch of the means. It, it does take a following. It does take, uh, some good, good content. And, uh, obviously you just, you're just a good follow. Um, but Hey man, you're grinding, you're doing your thing. I appreciate you just, just getting after it. Uh, hard work pays at the end of the day. And I'm sure you know that you've been around. And dude, you're killing it. So and mutual, um, bro. It's like I said at the beginning, you know, when I was dropping those names, not you know, but it's like you're part of that old school crew. Like there's a few of us. I feel like it's a small circle. You know, there's a lot of people on social media, but those of us that cook and barbecue, I mean, I feel like we all kind of recognize and know each other. And if not, you've heard the name or seen them. So respect to you for the same, you know. And here you are hosting the podcast. So yeah, really, you're yeah. doing it bigger than I am. So props to you, bro. You don't know. Oh man, I'm just, a, I'm just it a takes small one to recognize. So much respect. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Let's get into uh, a more sensitive subject. Um, we've been in a state of just uh, weirdness. Uh, I mean, no one can really put their finger on it. You helped put some, shed some light, shed some light on a sensitive subject. Uh, if people don't know who you are, you are a black man. Uh, Wait, what? You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, newsflash. Yeah. Uh, right. No. <laughs> Uh, after, I believe after it was the riots, uh, I believe it was the first night of the riots, I so happened to come up on your story and you were essentially putting your heart and opinion out there. Um, and, and it just resonated so deep to me and I was like, man, you know what? I'm a big fan of Chuck and you just said things just right. And you put a lot of thought and just you you can tell you were speaking from the heart. Uh, can you take me back to that 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 day and and how you felt and what your message was? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, God, it's so weird, you know, just to preface, I get emotional talking about this stuff and it's hard, you know, it's, as you know, I shared a lot more when things first happened and not that you get emotionally burnt out, but it takes a toll on you after a while. But when everything first happened, obviously you have what you're seeing on the news. You're reacting to what was basically a lynching of a person on television. I don't care where you stand on what you think should happen, you know, to the whole police force and everything afterwards. What happened was a man was being lynched. We all watched it and witnessed it. On top of that, you have the response of people protesting. You have people out there taking advantage of the situation, rioting and looting. You have people trying to spin things. I, as a black man, can only go on my experience. I have people that I grew up with and thought I considered to be loving and caring people and likely still are just sharing things on social media that, to me, hurt me. That's the best way I could say it. I don't want to attack anyone as an individual. I was hurt seeing the things I saw. So me just trying to respond and kind of encapsulate everything with that, for a lack of better terms, and without trying to get emotional now, we're basically all in a shitstorm. And all I was trying to say is we're all trying to figure out how to get out of it. But instead of doing that in a hateful manner, let's do it with love. Regardless of what you do, do it with love and be careful what you say, because words do have consequences. People say sticks and stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not true. People have so much anger and words can cause so much anger and pain that people will react in a manner that is not acceptable and okay. And that's, I think, kind of where we're at now. People just continue to react in such a negative manner with such vitriol and hatred instead of trying to be positive and being loving and embrace the other side. And that's all I was trying to say with my message. Just whatever you do, just do it with love. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. No, and I think... I think your message came across clear as far as just, you know, we may not have the answer to, to either side of, of how this is goes, how this goes, but we should be able to, to hear each other out and, and come to some meaning of this. Um, it's, it's a very confusing situation. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, off air on your childhood and how you grew up and it's, it's something I didn't know about. And uh, you know, it's, it's, we are all, come down a path that we're 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 not choosing but we can definitely uh come out of light on this and it, there's a long way to go uh but i i feel like your message really hit home it, it shed some light onto how i should have feel or maybe just kind of resonated some of my feelings um and, and i did reflect upon what you said um you use words like be empathetic and um if you feel like you don't know what to do. Just be yourself if you've been a good person. And I, and I feel like that, that does answer a, a lot to, to the way people feel. And it was a great message. It was short and sweet. And it was something that a lot of people could take home with. Um, unfortunately, we're being forced to pick a side, it seems like. And, and there's a lot of division. And, and I hate that. You know, I believe we're United, we're, we are the United States of America for a reason. And uh, we're not showing that right now. But we, there's, there needs to be some change. And, and uh, hopefully united we stand and and we can come through this and that's exactly what i'm saying you know there's kind of two things you touched on there one growing up my background it's 
you know, being adopted. I got a lot of sisters. My family's white. You know, my couple of my best friends growing up were Mexican, you know, parents, you know, born, you know, born in Mexico, excuse me, came over as babies, things like that. So it's like, I've seen it all my whole life. And maybe, you know, um, the white girl that I grew up with in Napa can't relate to me as a large black man and what I've gone through. But her as a little, you know, white female, she's experienced things that I can never understand. I'll never understand what it's like to be taken advantage of by a man or be put in a position where someone's trying to advantage me for sex. But that situation of you feeling vulnerable is the same thing as me being a black man falling vulnerable. It's the same thing as you as a Mexican man feeling like someone's trying to exploit you or take advantage of you or, you know, uh, stereotype you. We all have scenarios, regardless of our race, color, sex, whatever, that we can use to draw upon to relate to one another. So that's the way I've always tried to live my life. You know, maybe I can't understand that from my perspective, but what's their perspective? And then the second thing you touched upon was, you know, the exclusive exclusivity, excuse me. We absolutely are forced to choose nowadays. But what I would say, it's like, look, someone says, hey, man, I got chocolate or vanilla ice cream right here. What do you want? You're giving me two choices right now. Right now, I feel like chocolate. What, you hate vanilla? Nah, bruh, I'm a fat dude. I love all ice cream. That's just what I'm eating right now. doesn't mean I hate vanilla. You can like chocolate and vanilla and strawberry and whatever it is. But liking one thing doesn't mean you hate another. And I don't know absolutely. when that became a rule in society, but that's something that's got to stop, you know? Absolutely. And, and that's the message I got from you. And it, it was great. It was, uh, and it happened right after the riots, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, with your message. So, yeah, it's weird. You know, I, I don't want to be like that token black dude, but in the same sense, and I got a lot of messages, you know, how the barbecue community is. I mean, I don't think I'm saying a surprise. There are a lot of, you know, white boys and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's not, I'm not attacking anyone, but especially kind of the click eye rolling is mostly white boys. So I think my friends, you know, of minority, you know, black, brown, whatever, they were kind of surprised, but also relieved to see me speak out because they were saying, look, dude, you're talking to people that might not hear this from anybody else. So at one sense, I didn't want to be the token dude speaking out, but at the same time, I felt like if I don't say this, some of my homies might never hear this stuff, you know? So that's all it was. I wasn't trying to preach at nobody. I was just trying to share my thoughts. And, and if you don't like it, that's cool too. That's the best part about America. If you don't like it, watch the next video. You know, choose somebody else's opinion. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't like it, you can unfollow yeah, you know, or, or yeah, whatever. You know, you're not forcing it. Exactly. exactly. You know, it is what it is. So, yeah, absolutely. And you use a platform for a good reason. You weren't you weren't uh, pushing your your subject matter, and you 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 promoted a message of love, message of love. And like you said, uh, my 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 following is typically. Uh, more of a uh, East Coast, you know. So I tip, I, I I have a style, certain style I I, I cook with, and some of these people they don't know about a, a certain style I might cook with. So, like you said, there's there's an opinion that maybe people haven't heard, and that was a platform that uh, they heard it, and it was it was from you. So uh, I'm glad you took advantage of it, and uh, you know you had a good message. So thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, is your message still the same? Um, what was that? Two months ago from, from, from now, from now and then? Yeah, I think my message still is the same. You know, I've had some discussions with people that are strong leaning to the left and strong leaning to the right. And <clears throat> I don't think that, you know, I'm not the type of person I can't say to myself that all white people are bad and all white people should feel guilty about certain things. My mom and dad are, you know, my parents are 75 years old. You know what I'm saying? They're not black. They're white. They adopted me in 89 in Napa, which is a predominantly white town. In my heart, I don't have to have 
somebody yell at me screaming, your parents need to repent and feel guilty. They don't got to do shit. They've done enough. They took me in. They chose to give me life, love, and opportunity. Everything I have, the way I'm talking to you right now, that's because of Gary and Regina Maddow. You know what I'm saying? We're not having this conversation. I'm not the same dude I am today if it wasn't for them. And there's people out there, whether it's not adopting people, just being decent people out there, you know, it's like, People are good. I believe that in my heart. You know what I'm saying? If the world was bad, everywhere would be like some third world tragic land with genocide and horrible things happening. That's not America. And don't let the media fool you into thinking that it is. And not just the media, but social media as well. And uninformed people sharing fake articles that should probably be doing better research. You know, the world is full of good and beautiful people. My life is proof of that. I'm sure you probably feel the same way. You know, I don't want to assume, but I feel like just based on your outlook on life, that life is pretty damn good for you too. And I feel like most of us, that's the case. So yeah, my message is just move with love, be empathetic, listen to one another, and try to stand and unite on what bonds us and unites us instead of what divides us. You know, you voted for Donald Trump, and I'm not saying you personally, I'm using an example. Someone votes for Donald Trump, I voted for Hillary. Again, I this is a purely example. Doesn't matter. You want your daughter to be your family to be taken care of. I want my family to be taken care of. You want to make more money. I want to make more money. You want to feel safe. I want to feel safe. We all want the same shit. So let's talk about that instead of what we don't like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, like I said, I, um, I, I didn't say this, but I did serve in the military. So I believe in a, in a free democracy and, and you should have the right to vote and you shouldn't criticize someone for whether they choose to vote left, right, center, up down like this is this is why we have uh, a, f a free voting system so uh, Thank you for we, we have the opportunity to vote so that's it's a beautiful thing your message is great um it's part of the reason why i wanted to have you on here uh just because of the love that you 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 speak so i appreciate, I appreciate you that. taking the yeah absolutely all right let's get into your bread and butter man the, the c train special uh before you we go are on, actually i apologize for interrupting you but before oh, go ahead. we go on and get into the bread and butter and all that. Can I ask you a question as you served in the military? Absolutely. I mean, this is, you don't have to get into a long, explain it if you don't want to, but how do you feel about taking a knee towards the flag? Do you feel like that's a disrespectful sign or not? And I'm not judging you. I just want to know, since you served, I haven't. I know how I feel, but my opinion doesn't mean as much, I feel like, because I haven't been to what you've been to. You know what I'm saying? So just curious if you wouldn't mind touching on that. No, absolutely. It's a great question. It's a question that needs to be asked. Um, me personally, I, I would not kneel. kneel. I, I will stand. Um, I, I, I did take an oath uh, and I hold true to it. You know, I, I part of the reason why I joined was because I, I, I love America, you know, and this is what I believe to be the best country in the world. And I, I was at that point in my time, I, in, that, in that time in my life, I was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. Without, without any question, regardless of who the enemy was. Uh, but, you know, this is a personal choice, but I also believe in, in that's my choice, but I believe in the next man's choice to, to if he chooses not to, to stand, which I think everyone should, but that's my opinion. If he kneels, that's his, that's his thing, you know, and that's, that's what makes America great. We have that the opportunity to, to, to express ourselves. Um, is there a consequence to some of that? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, me personally, I'm standing, I'm, I'm putting my hand on my heart and I'm standing at attention because uh, we did men, many men and women have died serving our country, uh, paying the ultimate sacrifice. So uh, that's where I stand. Absolutely. 
No, I appreciate the answer. And like I said, you know, I have some friends that, you know, have served and are veterans and whatnot. And I'm always interested in their perspective and your perspective, just because, like I said, you you have done things that I haven't. You have put yourself in a position to potentially have to pay that sacrifice when I have not. And so I'm always interested to key in, you know, or learn. It, it, you. So I, but, I appreciate you sharing. And I yeah. also I share the same sentiment in that regardless of whether you are a stander or a kneeler or whether you take it serious or not. I mean, it's America. That's your right. That's how I always feel, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean I'm not saying that the United States doesn't need to improve or we need to find a better way to do things. Absolutely not. I mean, we can always find a way to prove and be a better country. Um, so I'm not saying that absolutely. at all. Yeah. But yeah, like no, I said, I think it, that's it, kind it, of the problem was, even nowadays is they kind of try to pitch in that hole. If someone stands, they don't care about black lives or if someone kneels, they don't care about, it's like, it goes so much more deep. People can stand and still care about black lives and all lives and et cetera, et cetera. And people can kneel and care about, you know, the a military and still love America as well. You know, it's, people are much more complicated than, you know, people like to give credit for. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. And I appreciate the question. It's, it's good. I mean, these are conversations we need to have as a country, mm-hmm. uh, not just you and I, but I, I think everyone needs to ask themselves where they would actually be, uh, where they would put themselves. Um, maybe I'm sure everyone else has, you know, they can feel a certain way, whether uh, to, to agree or disagree about what someone's choosing to do. Uh, so, but it's a question we all need to ask ourselves and, and definitely uh, we can learn from it and talk about totally. it with someone with the opposing view. Um, so it's good. It's all, these conversations don't hurt nothing, brother. No, not at all. No, it's what it's about, bros, you know, and it's the type of conversation I wish shit, we, I just wish we were sitting next to each other having beers, you know, instead of over the computer like this, but it'll happen one day. Absolutely. I got you, man. <laughs> all right. Speaking of that, speaking about your beers and barbecue, man, let's get into your, your barbecue. Uh, right, let's go. Where'd this journey start? I mean, this is, this is, you didn't learn this stuff overnight. How'd this all begin for you? Honestly, it's kind of crazy. So, and my wife is sitting here in the room, so I'm kind of looking at her as I talk. If she gives me a look, you know, I'll know that I'm kind of off track. But I would say it really started, I want to say 2016. We had been in, we bought a house 2015, 2016. We had some friends over for dinner and I made a braised lamb neck pasta. And my buddy's wife, um, he's like, or she's like, excuse me. She's like, uh, this is delicious. You got to share this, bro. Like you need to put this out there, do a blog or something. People would love to learn about it. It's so delicious. It's, oh my God, you know? So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll do something. Thought about doing a blog and I'm like, this is a lot of work, a lot of typing, set up a website and all that. Like, what's an easier way than a blog? Well, I got an Instagram account, account, excuse me. I ain't really posted on there. So I'm like, I'll put up a food recipe. So 2016, I started posting just some food, pasta, things like that. Pasta and lamb was kind of my specialty starting out. Fast forward to that Christmas, my brother got me a Weber Smoky Mountain. So I got that Christmas 2016 Weber Smoky Mountain. And I think I fired it up like two weeks after I had it. It's like January 14th. I think I finally fired it up. And I cooked a rack of lamb, shared it. And the one cool thing about social media and the way everything kind of happened was I was loving it, doing it, cooking it, sharing my stuff anyway. And then you get a smoker and people, I didn't realize it's like a whole nother world. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh my God, there's all these people that just want to talk about food and barbecue and are obsessed with meat and drinks and all the shit that I like, you know? Um, And once that happened, it was like, Oh, I'm off to the races, just hooked, obsessed talking, you know, you make friends, you learn. So or probably March 2017, 
as I'm, you know, really posting more in the barbecue community, things like that. Um, I got a Traeger, maybe March or April. I think I got a Traeger. One of my boys had one. We got like blackout drunk at his house all day, but the food came out great. So I got a Traeger and then I was like, okay. And next thing you know, you've got a bunch of smokers and it kind of just snowballed. But long story short, because I had my personality and people kind of noticed me on social media, you start getting DMs for catering, things like that. My fair, uh, my parents have a family friend, uh, a jeweler. He has a friend who's an opera singer. Long story short, my parents had a bunch of rich folks over, basically, and they wanted a seafood dinner. I cooked a Chipino feast. My wife went over and helped me. I cooked everything fresh there, served like 10 people or eight people, excuse me, a sit-down dinner, kind of shot the shit, drank a bunch of wine. And I looked over to my wife afterwards, you know, half drunk, drinking wine, doing the dishes, saying like, oh, I want to do this, you know. Um and it was just the talking to people, the experience, the, everything was just amazing. And everything, like I said, has just kind of snowballed and evolved since there. Since then, I've started the flavor train. I did catering. TikTok blew up and everything. But it's really just been a world when I just kind of feel lucky. It's almost like I'm on a train itself, just kind of sitting behind the wheel, but someone else is steering and I'm just, you know, enjoying the ride. So, Absolutely. Man, you're killing it. Um, how'd you learn? Who taught you this? Everything. Oh man, as far as the learning side of it, so I'm stubborn, bro. I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those dudes, even if I have a recipe, I don't really want to follow it 100% because I'm the type of guy. It's like, where's the fun in that? You know what I'm saying? So, but obviously I learned something somewhere. Starting off with my mom, she taught me pasta basics as a kid, pasta sauces, all that, and flavor. That's the number one thing my mom taught me is flavor, season your food, try it. If it doesn't taste right, add more stuff to it. You know, if a recipe says two tablespoons of salt and it's not salty enough, put more salt in it. And I think that's a basic thing that people forget so much nowadays. It's like people will DM me. It's like, bro, I made this recipe from this website. It didn't taste right. My like, bro, didn't taste it. Um. So starting with my mom and then outside of that, we're very fortunate, as you know, we're in the Internet generation. So if you want to learn about something, Google it. AmazingRibs.com, YouTube, on YouTube, uh, Mad Scientist Barbecue, Slappy Daddy Barbecue, Cosmos Q, Pitmaster X. Um, there's just, you know, these guys have been doing it for much longer than I have. And these guys are real G's in the game that have got the knowledge and experience. And basically you dibble and dabble. You know, I tried to do it like this and it didn't come out right. So you go on YouTube, uh, Pork Ribs Dry, and there's six videos that come up in the top. You know, you watch those and you live and learn. And so, like I said, it's a combination of just kind of experimenting, you know, going on YouTube, doing the research, and then being a fat kid at heart and wanting to play around, you know. I was the kid in second, third grade making myself pasta for dinner just because I was fat and wanted pasta at 3 in the <laughs> afternoon and didn't want to wait till dinner time, you know, so I had to get my grub in. So it's I was always that type of kid where I'm going to play around and figure things out, you know. And I remember I had to be a kid and the parents have a bottle of wine on the counter, there's steak in the fridge and pasta. It's like, well, I'm going to figure out what wine, steak, and pasta, even as a kid, you know, kind of like now I'd put in Google steak wine pasta see what comes up but as a kid I would just look through the cabinets in the cupboard and see what we had see what went together and I think it was really a cool way to learn you know foundations of flavor you know I tried a lot of stuff that a lot of kids wouldn't try just so I know what they taste like so yeah for sure and, and I'm kind of the same way I just kind of stumbled upon uh this this hobby in in later in my life just you know a few years ago and it just all stemmed from just uh for me I felt like I was just kind of losing connection with people just I feel like uh, I, uh, earlier in my life, I was more the, the, the life of the party. And then uh, life starts to happen and, and you start realizing there's some hate in people and there's just some bad in people and, and life gets tough and you start wanting to just kind of get in your shell. But then you, I started grilling and started cooking for people and you see the kind of joy it brings to people and, and how they just want you to be like, hey, can I come over or cook this for me? And 
it's great. So I think um, it inspired me to 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 do better and, and want to cook more and expand. So uh, and I learned a lot from Cosmo, uh, how to barbecue right. Just mm-hmm. uh, these guys that put down inform. It's for me, it's not the information; it's the way the information is put out. Absolutely. Um, and and people kind of said, "Hey, why don't you do YouTube or anything like that?" I was like, "Look, there's people that." are G's in the game, like you said, and, and they have a great way of explaining it. It's how I taught myself. Um, so it's, it's, there's some great, some great literature and some great videos out there, but some gr- ex- experienced p- individuals. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You mentioned, you know, feeling kind of isolated from people. <clears throat> I really got into kind of cooking. It really sort of took off or taking off. And I really started putting more time into it. I was going through bad anxiety and kind of depression, you know, and, Everyone's got issues and stuff. I'm not really trying to talk about that. We don't have to get deep into it. But the bigger point was I found like a community of people outside of, you know, it's like, I don't know your relationship status, but me, I vent to my wife. I don't like to talk to my friends about too much deep stuff like that. It's it's just not my personality, you know, but I would vent a lot to my wife. But it's like, you know, you feel bad about just shooting things at your wife all the time and always being the one to make her feel negative or put your depression or guilt or anxiety on her. At least that's how I felt. And then I realized there was days where sometimes it's like, man, I didn't feel guilty or anxious or depressed or have any sadness or dark thoughts today. I was just shooting the shit with the boys on Instagram or or I was learning about recipes or researching this or just watching pulled pork videos or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it was like a community that kind of opened my eyes. And, and through that, I've learned to communicate. And I always tell my wife and my friends, I'm always trying to be a better friend and better person and better man. And I've been able to meet some people that I'm like, man, like, this is a good person. Like I'm inspired by this person. Not not just for their cooking skills, but as a father, as a mother, as an individual, as a veteran, as a cop or whatever it is, you know, and that's one of the most beautiful things is I've been able to find a community of not just chefs and cooks and pit masters, but just beautiful people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the community is super supportive and, and uh, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's just, we're all just kind of patting ourselves, each other on the back of good job. And we learn from each other and grow off each other. And it, it's a, it's a tight knit, tight knit group, uh, group of people. And it's, it's fun, man. It's, it's something that's, like you said, it's helped me express myself uh, through food and share my passion with other people. And the same with you. It's, uh, you can't help. Uh, you have an infectious personality and it just rubs off on your followers. Wow. Thank you. Uh, thank so, you. Well done. You, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you talked about the Smoky Joe from uh, Weber. Um, and I seen that you have a red beard Santa Maria style mini, um, mini, uh, mini Santa Maria grill and you use a Traeger. Is there anything else I'm missing? Uh, it was a Weber Smoky Mountain, not the Smoky Joe, although I did oh, have sorry. a Smoky Joe back in the day at my apartment. That's funny. Um, <laughs> no, that's I should have kept that, too. That was back when I was young and dumb. Uh, but so a Weber Smoky Mountain. I got a couple Traegers, two pit barrels, uh, the Santa Maria style grill, and then I have a Landman uh, offset smoker as well. What are, you, what are you grilling on the most? What's, what's 90% of your cooks going on? Oh, I wouldn't say it's quite that high percentage. I'd say it's probably broken down a little more evenly, but I probably use the Traeger the most just because of the ease of use. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Traeger's I, got it down. Yeah, and I mean, if I, that's not a plug for Traeger. That's just being a pellet grill, you know. I'm not one of those guys that, and this is no disrespect to Traeger or any brand, I feel like I've had the same issues. I have friends that have other girls. I've had the same issues on all pellet grills. I've had the same successes on all pellet grills. But the biggest success for me with all pellet grills is just the easy use. Oh, today, absolutely. Today I got off work a little early. So if I wanted to, if I didn't want to play with my daughter when I got home, I probably could have fired up one of the pits or the offset. 
But it's nice, you know, normally I get home between 4, 4.30, and we got to eat around 6.30. I can have the Traeger hot in 15 minutes and ready to put food on it. You know what I'm saying? It's It just makes it easy. But outside of that, the pit barrel is probably my number two. I'd say it's probably like Traeger, like 40, pit barrel, like 30, and then, you know, the other 30%, you know, combination of the other grills. So. Absolutely. And I feel like uh, pellet grills have definitely changed the game in the last 10 years. I know pellet grills have been around for 30 plus years, but they haven't really hit the mainstream until uh, most recently, I feel like. And it's it's added a wave of, of backyard cookers, home cookers. Uh, you're seeing a lot of uh, people who never thought they would be able to cook outdoors doing this. Um, and it's it's offered a new brand, a new platform for a lot of people to cook. And it's, it's great. There's the ease of pellet smoking and there's a reason why. Uh, pellet smokers are extremely popular, popular, not just, uh, Traegers. Um, yeah. I personally, I personally use my, my Weber kettle, 90% of my cooks, um, just because of the ease and the flavor. Um, mm. so, but that's just me. Hey, to each their own. And that's what I was saying. If I would have kept the kettle on, I probably, I mean, they're not expensive. I could grab one. It's more of now just, and again, I don't know how big your collection is, but in my yard, we have like smokers and things scattered all over. So every time I get one now, it's like I got to give one to a family member, which is fine. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like, it's like I'm haggling. All right, babe. It's like, you know, what do you want to go to dinner? And I'll give this one to your dad. It's like, so yeah, I got like a new Traeger the other day just because the first one I had was just a little old wear and tear, nothing major. So I got a new one, but then I give the first one to my father-in-law. But in that same token, he's a guy that never barbecued or smoked. And he's like texting me like, oh, my God, this chicken tastes like unlike anything I've ever had. And this is what barbecue and this is what smoking is like. And, oh, I want to get another one. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know, people want to talk trash on pellet grills and the flavor. I don't care. Personally, I don't have a personal attachment to it like that. My ego is not invested in charcoal or wood. Not that I mean, I cook on them all anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. But for someone that never would barbecue or smoke, the best thing about it to me, I don't give a shit if you're cooking on a tin can or a microwave. I don't care what it is. If you're cooking and the food's good and you're having fun and you're sharing that with people around you and they're having fun, that's all that matters to me. So that's why I'm like, if you have a pellet grill, cool, man. People are going to hate. Let them hate. It doesn't matter to me, you know, so. Absolutely. No, and people are cooking phenomenal uh, with with pellet grills. Uh, like I said, a lot of, there's a lot of hate with pellet grills just because of the ease. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's 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 a plus. You're getting people out there to cook and, and create and inspire. And a lot of people will transition from a pellet grill to something a little harder. That takes a little more uh, effort. Like you said, an offset, that's extremely difficult. You have to understand yeah. wood and, and, and know what you're doing to some extent. But, I mean, as soon as, soon as you understand those basics, uh, you're good to go. So, I mean, and, and you're cooking on a, a, the the whole full spectrum. So you are definitely, you know what you're doing and it, it, it takes a, a good eye to, to really, uh, to master all of those. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, I just find it funny though. Cause all people comment like, Oh man, this brisket, blah, blah, blah. You have a pellet grill. Like, bah, you should learn to barbecue. I'm like, bro, you've been following me for like two years. You haven't seen the hundred briskets I put on my pit barrel that I just got a offset and I put out six cooks on that already. You know, it's like, but it's just funny. Sometimes I feel like people are so eager to hate. But also, I will say it like this. It's like, does cooking on charcoal or wood, does that add money in your bank account? Does that put your kid through college? Does it make you grow bigger? No, it doesn't. Add. It's like, then who cares what you're cooking on? It's just a grill, you know. But I yeah. just find it funny how it's like, I'm just, it's amazed to me how I think so emotionally invested people get into things, you know. It's yeah, like, that, I, yeah. At it's the end like, of the day, you're, cook, you're cooking for your family. You're doing with a, a lot of amount of time. And sometimes that pellet grill is just perfect, easy to fire up and control from your phone and and just have at it. And that's more time for you to be with your family. And, uh, and I know your wife doesn't want to share you with all your, 
your girlfriends, aka your, <laughs> your, your your grills, exactly your, your girlfriend grills, and she probably doesn't want you to get another one. So uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, what's inspiring you? Who, who's who's inspiring you to just keep pushing yourself as a as a as a, as a grill personality, as as a backyard barbecue or caterer? Oh man, inspiration. So I got to give. I mean, there's so many people, honestly, and I say it all the time. And part of me, as a forewarn, I. My dog's going nutty over here. I apologize about that. Um, part of it is like, I hate shouting people out almost in the sense that <clears throat> I'm always feeling like, oh, I'm forgetting this person or that person, or I like this person too, or I love what this guy does as well. So, um, but right now I would say, for, sorry, first and foremost, let me acknowledge my boy, Nate. So my boy, um, Kettering by McAllister, he's got a food truck, the Butcher's Cleaver. Um He's a dude that I know we actually met through a mutual friend. Turned out he was on Instagram. So was I. He cooks. He's like an hour and a half away from me. I've done a gig with him. He's helped me out with some stuff. But he's a dude that actually has the skills, the background and said, you know what? I got a little bit of a following, but bullshit. I'm going to go beyond that. And I'm going to try to make something of it. He actually started a business and is killing it. He started it right before Corona and has made it through and it's now coming out the other side. So he's someone that I look up not to just in social media, but is how to hustle, how to grind, how to chase your dreams. My boy, Nate, and the whole team at Butcher's Clever, Austin, Peter, all those guys, um, Butcher's Cleaver, excuse me. In addition to that, I got to give big love to Mel, as you said, dark side of the grill. I always tell people, and again, maybe it's, you know, being adopted and I have no problem saying, you know, I'm, I'm probably the whitest black guy you'll ever meet. But if, if I wasn't black, I'd be male. You know what I'm saying? I'd have a goddamn mullet. I'd be drinking out in the middle of the Canadian wilderness, yelling in a robe. With a torch with a robe. He's got yeah. rings. I wear rings. I mean, that's my guy. So I just love that he's himself. Um, you know, then, you're I'm, a G. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know, you're a G when you get your brand tatted on your arm. Exactly. Uh, and it's even I ain't done that. And it's like, I got a bunch of logos. I've been working on getting the bang, bang flavor again. I got an appointment with my boy October 1st for some big work. So we'll see what I get done. But yeah, that's what I've been saying. He's doing it right. And I would say, if you're going to be a mark for anybody, be a mark for yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting a brand or someone you love tatted on you. And this is not shots in anyone. Please don't start no rumors or drama. But if you're going to mark out for yourself or for anyone you mark out for yourself, you are your biggest brand. You know what I'm saying? So he's doing it right in that sense. And that's what I love. I mean, he's Mel. You know what I'm saying? You say Mel, people know who you're talking about. You say Dark Shot at the Grill. You say Mo it you say fire in the hole he's got it down you know it's all him so big love to him for that i also got to give a shout out to kurt from caribbean um he's the first person to ever reach out to me give me any sort of attention as a company and as someone that's struggling to chase a dream and that's why i try to respond to all the people as i can and again i'm not perfect i'm lazy on the dms too but i try to when you're chasing your dreams and you get someone that's recognized or has done it or is in the industry or someone that you consider to be a legend, because he's a legend to me. He had more fo- the amount of followers he had and not just that, but I'll be honest is I'm a fat black dude on the West Coast. He's a fat black dude in Florida. It's like there's not a lot of brothers in the industry doing what he's doing, making the relationship that he has. So Kurt, to me, it's like a legend in the game. I'll always respect that dude and I'll always be appreciative of him for reaching me out. And I'm always motivated and inspired by him to keep doing more. So and then again, you've got Al Dente Diva, you got Grove Boys Barbecue, you got Big John's Barbecue, people like yourself, um, Cheeky, uh, Cheeky Barbecue. 
Uh, I mean, there's just so many people out there. My boys, Eric, Bruce and Q's, uh, Pun vs. Food, the whole squad. I wouldn't be on a barbecue competition team if it wasn't for Eric. And I got to put that on record. People think it's funny that Baracha's Cochino shirts in my barbecue team. But Eric DM me saying, hey, bro, I know you've never competed in other revival. Let's do it. And I texted him saying, hey, bro, I don't know about this. And I'll be honest, man, I got, you know, it's like it's a reputation thing. I got a big ego and I'm a sensitive SOB. So if we lose, I'm going to take this shit personal. He's like, bro, fuck it. Let's go out there. Let's have some beer. We'll cook some ribs. If the people like it, they like it. But let's have it and do it. And since then, we've had a blast. But people like that that are pushing me to take chances. So I owe a lot to people around me just for pushing me to take steps. Because like I said, I'm very hard on myself. And I, I have a very fragile ego, believe it or not, despite the personality I put out there. That's cool, man. And, and uh, those are your list of people who you look up to. Is same is pretty much the same, my same list. Uh, uh, good individuals uh, that set the bar high and, and always putting out good content. Um, something I want to talk to you about is, um, I, I I'll, I'll go in and bash myself. I stick to the pretty much beef, uh, fish, pork, chicken. Um, I think I said that right, but, uh, I, I do have a lamb post in there and then I'll, I'll throw maybe a, a side in there once in a while, but you actually did a rabbit. Um, and I mean, how does, how does this turn? Like, where'd you learn this and, and how does this turn out? So honestly, Growing up in the Bay Area, California, Northern Cali, I would say we're kind of, we're very farm to table out here, at least where I'm at. You know, growing up in Napa, it was always kind of very farm to table. So I had eaten rabbit, you know, as a young kid. I loved escargot and all that as a child. My dad loves to tell his friends, oh, he was four years old and we were on vacation and he wanted whole octopus and we kept telling him don't get it and he ate the whole damn thing, you know. Um, so I've always been that type of dude adventurous. But there's a place called Bud's Meats out here and um i went to college at sonoma state to Rona park there's a place called bud's meats it's a local family-owned farm bud's exotic meats excuse me and um they sell everything at the time they would even sell ostrich kangaroo things like that and i was always one of those guys bro i love steak i love chicken i love fish i like lamb but every once in a while you want something different and so i think i bought an ostrich steak one day and this is probably like in 2012 and i don't know if you've ever had ostrich it's like the best like filet mignon, like tender, lean, like elk type steak you'll ever have. So I had that. And once I tried that and realized, okay, this stuff's good from there, I'll eat anything. Elk, ostrich, uh, rabbit, frog. And there's Asian markets here in town where I live, Vallejo now in the area. They sell a lot of rabbits. They have frogs, they have pigeons, they have quails, things like that. So I'll eat all that. I love it all. And as someone that eats meat, I'm not going to go vegan ever. <laughs> that's uh, not in my body. But I feel like something I can do that's responsible and uh, maybe a little more sustainable is to try to spread out the meats I eat, you know, instead of eating just ribeyes, you know. I see a lot of people eating just Wagyu every day and just ribeye steaks. Every day. That's good. But spread out the wealth a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Let somebody else eat that. Try to eat something else. These animals are killed. They're in the freezers already. Someone's got to eat them. So I just feel like if I can kind of contribute like that. Plus, it's delicious. I mean, all meat is good meat. You learn how to cook it. So I feel like if I was ever in a scenario where I had to survive, hey, they don't got no more steaks. Everyone was tripping when the virus first started. There's no toilet paper. There's no beef. I wasn't tripping. I was eating rabbits. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's meat in the stores. I can cook anything. So it's a fun thing for me. I like it. I like the texture. And my daughter's the same way. She's eating everything from rabbit. She's had escargot already. She's had lobster. I mean, she eats it all. So I just feel like it's responsible, it's fun, it's adventurous, and it's different, you know, it's new. So that's good. And you're showing your your versatility as a as a 
as a, a barbecue or griller, a, a, a food service provider, that you can cook anything. I mean, the, my downfall would be that I, I, I honestly don't know what it tastes like. So if I could cook it, I could cook it, I could look up how to cook it. And I would think I did a good job and it's not what it's supposed to taste like. There's, um, you know, and that comes with big game for me as well, too. I got, I got a lot of hunter friends and uh, I don't know how to handle big game. There's there's a way it should taste and, and a certain doneness and that all be new to me. Um, my wheelhouse is is the little the little uh, the, the four, you know, the, the fish, the beef, the, the pork and chicken. But um, and that's a great wheelhouse. It's you got the basics, you know, it's. I think for me, it's like one of those things about the others is, yeah, I don't even know. It's like, I can't even put it into words other than it's one of those things. It's kind of like, I'm a fat kid. I, I keep saying that. And I love Sour Patch Kids. I love Mike and Ike's. I love Jelly Bellies. But there's a bunch of other candies out there I haven't tried. So if I walk through the store and I see it on the shelf, I want to try it. And that's kind of how I am. Now, if I had elk on the shelf here every day, maybe I wouldn't eat it as much. But when I see these things, it's not very often. So I think that also kind of spurs my interest. I'm curious like that, you know? No, absolutely. And, and, and like I said, it's it's something I want to do. I want to, I want to expand myself a little more. Like there's a certain uh, challenges I want to set to myself and, and, and cooking meats like a rabbit or uh, I work with lamb a little bit, but not as much as I should. Um, and then big game, I want to get into some big game cooks and and uh, like you said, if 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 there's a, a shortage in a shortage in steak, it'd be nice to know to know how to go with you know uh, uh, elk steak or or um, like your ostrich meat. Um, I was listening to the Reload podcast yesterday. Uh, they were talking about zebra was a beautiful steak to eat. Um, it'd be interesting to eat, but it was just uh, it was just one of those things that's like, damn, like all right, uh, you know. There's there's different food groups here. Yeah, right. It's yeah. You realize too how much of it's affected by not even just your country but your state. You know, it's like in California the hunting laws are kind of so much strict, and they were much more you know conservative and preservative about how we view animals. You know, versus somewhere like the South where you go to the South doesn't matter if it's a squirrel, a snake, a raccoon, you can kill it and eat it all. You know, it's like yeah. I got squirrels in my backyard and. I hate them only because they drive my crops nuts or sorry, drive me nuts regarding my crops. They steal all my plums. They steal all my apricots. So we didn't get any cherries this year, cherries this year because they ate them all. And I keep saying like, if we could eat them right out here, I would grab a BB gun, I'd kill them and I'd make a squirrel stew tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I have no problem doing that, but I don't want to kill something and just watch it die for nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. but again, in the South, it's like there was a UFC fighter, Bryce Mitchell. He got banned on Instagram because he was posting squirrels. He's like, bro, I live in a trailer this is what we eat he's like this is dinner he's like you know it's like there's nothing graphic about it there's just squirrels like i'm about to eat these guys you know but again where you grow up versus somewhere like africa where you can eat things like zebra or even europe where they eat horse you know it's like that's why i want to travel more so that i could try everything you know yeah absolutely and uh it's and that's an experience within itself is seeing going not only not only to different parts of the country but different places in the world mm-hmm. where people take uh, you know, the eating at a different social experience, uh, you know, Spain, they're eating like at 10 o'clock at night, just or nine o'clock later at night, just because it's more of a social experiment. And, uh, you know, you're just, you're inviting people over and, and how they view food. And like you said, uh, the UFC fighter, like this, he's like, this is not cruel. This is me eating. You yeah. know, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm doing to survive. So, uh, definitely interesting. Um, but thankfully, like I said, we live in California. We, I got, 10 grocery stores in in 10 minutes in every direction. So it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty good pickings here. 
yeah, no, we're, we're blessed to be out here on the West Coast and a lot of different cultures out here, which makes it nice as far as the food that we get to choose from. Absolutely. Um, I know you, you kind of grill as well, you don't kind of, but you do grill uh, for a job. Uh, but how many times a week are you trying to grill for your family? Uh, I would say that I'm on the grill four nights a week at least. Um, and that's just for dinners, four nights. That's not to say that at some of those days we haven't had something grilled for lunch, but probably grilled dinner four nights. And then we probably eat out for dinner maybe once a week or get something, you know, picked up. Um, I like to go to restaurants. I'm that type of dude. I like to go out and support businesses. I like to take the night off, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, um, outside of that, maybe the other two nights, pasta. I like to do Asian food. You know, I like to do different things. So, but yeah, at least four nights of barbecue. Um, let's see. What, what, how would you define your style as a griller? Oh man. Say like smack you in the mouth with flavor in your face. There you go. No rules, no holds barred, you know? No, I mean, for real though, that's how I am. I, I, it's trying to figure out how to say this eloquently and get my point across. I feel like you should respect traditions in cooking. You know, it's like, whether that's, you know, knowing where pasta and the history of that comes from or why certain shapes of pasta go with certain dishes or why certain countries eat certain types of meats and how they're cooked and why you, et cetera, et cetera. But having said all that, you should be able to take what you know and what's influenced you, put your own stamp on that, send that be out to the world, let them get a dose and overdose on your flavor. You know what I'm saying? If you're just copying and imitating what everybody else does, where's the fun in that? I love when people say, oh, bro, you should only put salt on a steak. If everyone only cooks Snake River Farm steaks and everyone only puts salt on them, what the hell is the point then? The whole point here is we're supposed to, and I'm only using that as that's a name, you know, a big popular brand, whatever brand it is. But if everyone does the same shit over and over and over, what are we even doing? The beautiful part about cooking and culture and barbecue and, and any recipe and culinary avenue is that you can take it, take what you what is influencing you and take the history the history of that dish and put your spin on it and put it out there. And that's what I'm trying to do. And hopefully when you eat my food, whether it's an Italian dish, it's like, damn, this pasta tastes authentic, but the flavor's there. You know what? This steak is like any steak I've had, tender, juicy, got smoked. You can taste the char, but there's extra flavor. So whatever I want to do, I want to do it with that. Oomph. I want that pinky pop on there. I want that bang, bang flavor gag. So smack you in your mouth, not your mama's food, but all the comfort of your mama's food, if that makes sense. <laughs> Go. Well said. And uh, with a name like Flavor Train, you got to li- live up to that flavor. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, if, I come, if I'm coming over to your house tonight or let's say tomorrow, uh, what, what's the meal you're going to cook for me? If you come over to my house tomorrow and you ain't had my food yet, we're going to have a rack of lamb with risotto and probably some kind of sauce on top. And I'll throw some green shit on there just because you've got to have some color on the plate and vegetables. But yeah, rack of lamb risotto for sure. Uh, a lot of people on Instagram lovingly call me the lamb king because there was a moment where I was probably doing like two racks of lamb a week <laughs> um, just because I love it or lamb shanks, you know. Um, so it's one of those things that lamb, it's an opportunity for me to share a meat that not a lot of people eat a lot of. People don't eat a lot of lamb. So one, it's that. Two, I think I do it well. Then three, particularly if people have lamb, it's usually a, a chop or something braised, not a rack of lamb. And then you get that risotto in there that highlights my Italian side and shows that, oh, I don't just grill. This guy also spent 40 minutes making the best rice we ever had, you know. So risotto, rack of lamb, probably do a little demi-glaze on top, maybe like a Hennessy or red wine demi-glaze, something kind of funky. And, yeah, we ball out, you know, have a bunch of drinks, some red wine, and go from there. Oh, you're wild. That is awesome. Yeah, uh, right. I'm, next time I'm coming up north, I'm, coming, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up, and we're going to do, do that. 
Hey, do it, bro, for real. I grew up an open-door policy. That's how my mom was, and that's how I am. And I met up with a lot of people on social media. But I said, if you're ever in the North Bay, so I don't care, San Jose all the way up to Santa Rosa, if you're ever in this part of the community, you better hit me up, for real. There you go. Uh, now, you're teamed up with some great uh, companies. Uh, Dell Strong, beautiful knife company. Uh, how, how you doing? How are you feeling with that? Honestly, it's been a privilege. <clears throat> um Sorry for clearing my throat on the air there. I always tell my wife, you know, I don't want to get caught up in sponsors and stuff like that. I'm just trying to have fun. But the one sponsor I always wanted was a knife sponsor. And one, I'm a a dude. I like knives. You know, I like shiny things. I use a lot of knives. So to get them as a sponsor, particularly because, you know, you use knives from other products or other companies, excuse me. And I've had nothing but good experiences, but nothing like Dalstrong. One, they have blades for everybody different styles shape sizes all that to the quality of the blades the delivery time so i've been loving it like i said i'm excited to put i just bought two more this weekend i keep saying no more knives and i was looking again earlier today it's like a sick obsession <laughs> but they have so many dope badass blades it's like i bought two of the pitmaster blades i don't know if you got the new pitmaster one yet but it's like i got it in the shadow black and the Crusader. And I'm like, I got one that looks like it was built by Batman. One looks like it was made for RoboCop. You know, I got both. So, yeah, no, I love it. I, I'm very fortunate and blessed. And people always say, what do you use now? I gave away all my knives, bro. I only use Dahl Strong, so. Yeah, uh, Dahl Strong holds weight in the cooking world, in the barbecue world. They 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 have some beautiful knives that know what they're doing. It's great. And like I said, you're fortunate to be part of that team and, and, and have a relationship with them. That's awesome. Uh, it's a great brand to represent. And, man, they make some beautiful damn knives. No, they they really do too. And anybody out there listening, Flavor Train Ten for ten percent off on that bad boy. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they really do make. I mean, like I said, it's you get offers from companies, and I'm not some. I don't want to sound douchey when I say this. I don't turn down offers. If someone wants to do something and I'm not 100% with it, as long as the product's good, I'm not tripping off the money or whatever. I'll give you guys a shout out. Grow as a business. I don't care. I'm happy to do it. But again, I've had knife companies offer before and it's I've used the products and it's like what I can't have is a knife that goes dull after three uses, things like that. And again, Dahlstrom reached out and I said, look, you know, I got to try product before we do anything. And I did. And, you know, after using the knife for a week, I'm like, we got to rock and roll ASAP. Like I'm in love, you know, and <laughs> when I find something I like, I stick with it, you know, and I let them know that. So yeah, Dahlstrom and, and that's, and that's good. And you got to be selective at some, uh, some point because especially for you, you're putting your brand, uh, your representation on, on a line for representing something, you know, and, um, thankfully Dahlstrom is an awesome company. Uh, but you, you know, you want to represent something and, and have your 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 word to hold value that Dalstrong is a good brand or whatever the case may be, a cutting board or uh, you know, a thermometer. It's all it's all relative to to your day to day life. So I mean, that's that's cool. So, um, and you so happen, sir, to be hooked up with your very own blends. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna slaughter this name again, uh, Gustus Vitae, right? <laughs> Gustus Vitae, and it's crazy. <laughs> I, I don't even know how I pronounced it right. I found them randomly, and I remember like after posting about it for like six months online, the owner's like, "Oh, you say the name perfect." I'm like, "Oh, damn, I got it right." But yeah, Gustus <laughs> Vite means a taste of life in German, I believe. Nailed it. And you hold you hold uh, four signature blends with them, correct? Yes, sir. This thing of ours. Uh, this thing of ours, part two, Cali Cajun and Chuck's Dust. So good, it'll get you high on flavor alone. Man, that's awesome. And, and you know, you made it when, when you got your own signature blends, not only one, but you have four. So uh, what, what's, what's one of your favorite, what's, what, what's your most used one? How about that? 
So first and foremost, I got to thank the people. And this is no bullshit. Every single person out there, thank you, because this was not something that was supposed to happen. Um, but because of the support, the response from everyone out there, that's what's led to this. As far as the most used one, it's this thing of ours. It's um, a garlic pepper blend. So the way everything started out was I'd been using Gustus Vitae's products for a minute. They're a California-based company. Everyone was using another salt brand, nothing against the other brand, but they're made in Oregon. I'm like, I'm a Cali boy, you know what I'm saying? Let's represent. So I just Googled salts made in California. And this is 2018, I think. And they came up. And so I bought on Amazon. I'm like, oh my God, it's like organic Pacific Ocean sea salt, you know? And then it's like, oh, they have truffle salt, you know, with like real truffles from Italy in it. So I bought it. It was fire, started posting. Long story short, you know, they're like, we'll give you a discount code as, you know, brands do when you show loyalty work with them. After a while, they said, hey, you know, we're thinking about printing up custom labels for you. You know, you have a, we like your logo. If you want to do it, we'll send you some, we'll send them to whoever you want us to send. And this is around Christmas time. What I didn't realize is they had meant to send it to people like family, friends. What I did is I sent it to people on Instagram. So all these people on Instagram were like, hey, C-Trend, thanks for the rub. This is fire, blah, blah, blah. It was just their standard signature garlic pepper rub with my sticker on the tin. People loved it so much, though. And people were so responsive and people wanted it. Just, bro, we like your logo. Again, this is all because of the people. This is not bragging. I have, I'm very critical on myself. This is all because of the people. But people are hitting me up. We need more of this. We need more. So Elizabeth, the owner of the company, is like, hey, bro, if people want this, it's going well. Like, you, we didn't know you are going to send it to people. But now that you have, we're glad because, again, the demand is there. So we kind of tweaked it. But again, it's all organic. It's garlic. It's got some bell pepper in there, black pepper, salt, a little bit of parsley delicious, organic, natural, and it goes on everything. That's the one people use the most of. Um, I would say the second mostly used, or yeah, second most used is this thing of ours, part two. It's basically that on steroids. It's got a bunch of chili flakes, lemon, truffles in it as well. Kind of like me, basically everything you'd expect from something classic, but up on steroids times a thousand. So, but yeah, it's been a crazy journey. And like I said, it's literally because I was too dumb to realize who to send it to. And I sent it out to people in Instagram and they liked it. And the rest is history. Perfect, man. Hey, that's dumb luck at its finest. And, right. And, 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 you know, like you said, it was an honest mistake by you, but it works in your favor and, and it's a great partnership. Uh, you got a promo code for them? Yeah, absolutely. Flavor Train for 40% off. And that's 40% off anything on the site at all times. And that ain't no joke, boy. 40% off. This ain't no disrespect. But if someone told me that I can get something for 40% off and I didn't take advantage of it, I'd feel stupid. So don't be dumb, people. Go ahead and place them orders, baby. Right on. Good for you, man. That's awesome. You deserve it. Uh, a couple last questions right here. Uh, obviously, you, you have your own business. But as far as social media is concerned, what is your overall goal for this? You know, <clears throat> I hope I don't sound like an asshole when I say this, but I had a conversation with someone that I really respect a few years back, and they said, social media is fun, but I'll never quit my day job. My goal is to quit my day job. We're in the new age. I'm trying to be Guy Fieri without having to go on Food Network, and we're lucky to live in a time where we can do that type of thing. Look at Maddie Matheson. Look at Action Bronson. Look at all these hustlers out there that are turned into celebrities in the food world. Look at Hot Ones. You know what I'm saying? It's like that was a YouTube show that's now got a television show. It was one of the most respected kind of or most looked up to interview shows by kids from our generation. So I'm trying to transport this or use this to transform myself, to transport me to that next level. And that's to be, you know, a food 
I don't want to say celebrity because that sounds like such a douchey thing to say, but I just want to be respected, to spread love, have fun, be respected in the food industry, and to quit my damn job and be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it all the damn time. Hell yeah. And you know what? That's attainable. Like you said, there's there's people that are doing it, uh, gamers off of Twitch, like people are right. making millions of dollars just by doing what they love to do. Uh, people like you need this platform and and people like myself as a fan, uh, your 22,000 followers on Instagram. It's all fun to watch. Uh, last question, buddy. Fill in the blank right here. Grilling slash barbecue has brought blank to your life. Oh, man, you could say so many words. Oh, man, I'm really in a toss up here and I'm trying to kind of go with my natural one. So I'm going to put love. Honestly, I was going to say fulfillment, but I think love, if you're, if you're full of love, obviously you're fulfilled. So it's brought so much love to my life, even despite everything that we kind of started off the podcast talking about, the positivity from everybody, the support um, on all levels, the love for not just my food, but for me as a person, for my wife and daughter. You know, my wife's been out in town and, oh my God, you're Chuck's wife and blah, blah, blah. We just want to say X, Y, and Z, or people see my, I mean, that stuff's beautiful, man. So it's just brought so much love to my life and world. And I hope I've done the same for other people. You know, I would say I'm not a perfect individual. I've made mistakes and I probably will continue to make mistakes, but I hope at one point in your life, I made you laugh. I made you smile. I made you feel good about something. Maybe I wasn't even trying to make you feel good. Maybe you saw my drunk ass in a bathtub eating mac and cheese, looking like a fool and said, well, at least I'm not that guy and you feel better. I don't care what it is. I just want to spread love because that's what I've been given through all this. So like I said, I'm truly blessed. I appreciate the conversation. Even speaking with you right now, it's like, this is just more love and positivity in the world. So it's building bridges, building bonds and uniting. So I really appreciate it. And I'm thankful for all the love I've been given. And like I always say, spread love and do dope shit, you know? Absolutely. Well said, man. Uh, Chuck, you are officially off the grill. I want to thank you. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, not only because of this, this, this time you spent with this, but just as a barbecue fan, as a, a fan of, uh, of your message. You're, do, you're doing great. Keep doing it. I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to keep supporting you. Chuck, sign off. Uh, going to tell everyone where they can find you and, and any last words you got. Absolutely. It's Big Chuck, a.k.a. Chucky Chuck, a.k.a. C-Train 707, a.k.a. Chucky Fanooch. You can find me at Chuck's Flavor Train on Instagram and on TikTok. On YouTube, I'm also at Chuck's Flavor Train. You can find me anywhere there's good food, baby. And Paul, well, right before we end, I just want to say much love. Thank you for the opportunity. And it's very funny. Your name is Paul. I don't know if I can say your last name. Yeah, go ahead. Paul Salgado. My wife's name is Erica Salguero. My brother-in-law is Paul Salguero. So two letters difference. Very interesting. So you, my brother, from another officially now. So if you're ever in Northern California, please hit me up, bro. Drinks and dinner on me for real. You got it, man. Appreciate you. Bang, bang. Flavor gang, Chuck. You already know. Gang, gang, baby. All right, man, guys. I appreciate you joining in. Once again, this, this podcast was brought to you by uh, Reload Rub. Go ahead and go to re at Reload Rub. Use promo code CODA10. Uh, Chuck, once again, thank you. We will catch you guys later. Be safe. Spread love. Later. Much love, people.